0: Welcome to the old. <laughs> Welcome to the old man podcast. <laughs> the old podcast. Welcome to the old man podcast. Welcome to the old church podcast. Welcome to the ordinary church podcast, a podcast about the church and for the church. This is really about how God uses His ordinary people in extraordinary ways, and He uses the Word of God to change our lives and then make a difference to the ends of the earth. And I'm Mike Shera. I'm your host today. Connor Hass is on vacation. I'm here running solo, and I've got something really good for you. What do you do when you struggle with a doctrine, a biblical doctrine? What do you do when you're saying, I, I, I see what it says in the Bible. I don't think it means what my pastor, Mike, is saying, okay? Um, I, don't think, I don't think he's being accurate because I've heard otherwise, okay? And like something like the doctrine of predestination or the doctrine of election. OK, so, for example, let me just take you in just one, you know, one place and then I'll take you to one other place. But Second Timothy 2.19, where it says the Lord knows those who are his. It's not that he found out after we made ourselves his. OK, he knew before the foundation of the world who He would choose. So he knows right now who is yet to come to faith in Christ because he chose them. So Ephesians one. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now he's going to rehearse the blessings. As he chose us, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that's the first blessing he gives us by his grace, that we should be holy and blameless before him because he chose us. In love, he predestined us, chose us out beforehand, decreed beforehand to save us, predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And you'll notice, it says in verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And many, many other places in the scripture. So let's say you struggle with a do- doctrine like that, which you know I love very dearly. Okay, and by the way, I have not always held to this doctrine as accurately as I should have. Okay? Okay. Uh, I would see it in the Bible, but I would explain it away. And then I realized, wait, this is what the Bible says. I'm constrained by what the Bible says and means. And that's where part of the crux of the matter comes in. We believe in a hermeneutic, a way of handling the scriptures that is a um, uh, historical, grammatical, literal hermeneutic. We believe that it really happened. God really spoke it. He really moved uh, men of God to write his word down and that we believe it means something in context, and that the actual words matter. And that um, that way of handling the scriptures, like Jesus and the apostles handled the scriptures, will lead us necessarily, and to the glory of God, to an accurate interpretation of what God intended. That we would get what the, the, the divine author, God, meant as he moved the human authors to write. And that we would get that, and that we would understand it and, and rejoice in it and love it. The problem is, we muddy the waters, and so a lot of people have different views. they say, well, I agree with this person, or I agree with that person. Well, it was really not up to whether you agree or not. It's what does the Bible say and mean? Okay, what did God mean when he said it? And he didn't mean 15 things. He meant one thing when he said each thing that he was teaching. Okay? So, for example, the doctrine of election or predestination there are a lot of views out there, but there is one accurate view. And, and I mean this with the most humility I, could, I can conjure up, okay? The most humility I can dredge up. I absolutely believe that the accurate teaching of that is that God decreed before the world began who he would save. And that, yes, there is a limited number of those he will save. He's not saving everyone. And he's not going to ever be surprised that someone gets saved. He knew beforehand, and he didn't know because he looked down the corridor of time and saw what we would choose. That puts man in the driver's seat. I would refer you to a really good article by R.C. Sproul. He wrote in 2001 called The Pelagian Captivity of the Church. Please read that. Look it up, The Pelagian Captivity of the Church. It's a wonderful article, and I think it will help you. But let's get back to our point. What do you do, though, when you struggle like this? Okay, what do you do? I, I want to give some further explanation because I, I want you to know where my heart is on this because I know that sometimes I can say things really strongly and it might come across as not as empathizing with people or caring and I just want you to know that's not where my heart is at on that. I truly do um, care and empathize with people that are struggling uh, with accepting certain biblical doctrines. And I would say it this way. Let me say a couple things, and I'll get to kind of some main points, okay? But let me just kind of ramble as I have been. Let me keep rambling here. You want to humbly and boldly accept biblical doctrine and give up human ideas. You want to give God the most credit and us the least credit. And I realize it can be maybe scary to uh, accept a doctrine that you're confused about or or you're convinced otherwise, okay? I know that. Uh, Because it hits at the very heart of how you understand how God operates. And I think it's really important that our evangelism is accurate biblically in the meaning of the text. So sometimes someone might say, well, if you don't accept this doctrine, you're prideful. I don't completely agree with that, but I think sometimes pride is behind our holding too tightly. But maybe it's that we're scared. Okay, well, but maybe we think we know better than God. That's pride. But maybe we're stubborn. Maybe we're stubborn, but there's still pride there. But what if we stubbornly hold to what we believe is true? But how does change come? By the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, and an accurate handling of the Word of God. So sometimes I think that people have built like a scaffolding, or have or they have a scaffolding given to them, and there's a measure of security in a scaffolding, but the scaffolding isn't the building. And that sometimes w- the the interpretation of a scripture that you've been given, I hope this is making sense, is somewhat like a scaffolding It's not the real thing and if you take it, it will fall down at some point and and you you have to ask this question to you of yourself am i willing to be under the shepherding of my elders as long as they're not teaching error okay you've got to be discerning but here's the thing are you, are you willing to do that put yourself under the authority of god's word even and the trusted leaders of your church like whose authority will you put yourself under if the answer is I am my own authority. My heart and my mind is the only authority. This is a dangerous place to be. You don't want to be in that place, okay? So think about this. God is sovereign. He knows. Um, pride is where we overvalue ourself over God and others. And what we want to do is, is stay away from ways of handling Scripture that allows for me or you to get what we want. We want to be led to the highest view of God, and then oh, this is what happens when you have a purely scriptural view, but but let me go even further. What if you're you're you you're really, I don't know. Let me put it this way: careful about the scriptures, such that you're holding something maybe we think is not accurate, but you're so careful because, and here's the reason behind it most of the time, because you you really want to obey Jesus and you love Jesus and you want to accept his lordship. So you think, I I know this must be the way it is, okay? Kind of like when you're trying to be led by, you want to be led by God, but you, you need a blueprint instead of wisdom, okay? And either way, let's say the way people want to be led, you know, think they should be led by God or think that God leads and people are like, oh, he tells me exactly what to do. Well, the Bible doesn't say that, but I applaud you because you really are are acknowledging the lordship of of christ okay but it's kind of like a really careful student driver the kind that's driving the parent crazy because they're so tentative you can say to that driver which i said to one of my five kids I am, so, and i got this from one of our, my fellow elders alan check he told me well I did this with my daughter that was hyper careful you can give this to your daughter and it'll, it'll help her and then and i said i'm so thankful that you're such a careful driver because you're not going to get in many accidents and um... I know you're a little bit tentative now, but it's because you really care about being safe. And I think that's like the person who wants the blueprint or they want their view to be true. And it's because they're truly acknowledging God's lordship. The problem where it goes wrong with us is if you insist upon your view, then you start saying it's about your lordship. So what you need to acknowledge is Christ's lordship is being acknowledged when you're handling the word accurately. So here, let me get to the meat of what I want to say. This is what I really, I hope you've stayed with me. What would honor God most in this regard when you are struggling with a doctrine biblically, okay? Maybe it's predestination and election. Maybe it's something completely different. Let me give you a, a little bit of further explanation of where I'm coming from on this, okay? In Second Timothy 2, verse 18, it talks about two people, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who had swerved from the truth, they were upsetting the faith of some. And, I, you know, on Sunday I called it, like, texting drivers, distracted people, okay? But they're distracting others with untruths. And they had basically said that the the re- resurrection has already taken place. That there's no future resurrection for Christians. So they're denying a very b- strong biblical truth, okay? So, like Hymenaeus and Philetus, there are some people who undermine Scripture with questions and challenges and they're they're really against God and scripture then. But there are some people that are genuinely struggling to understand a biblical doctrine. That could very well be you. And you bring your questions and your doubts. It doesn't mean you're challenging God. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean like I said, it just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're swerving from the faith. Okay? If you genuinely struggle, we want to struggle with you. I want to struggle with you. But here's what we're going to do as we struggle. We're going to point you to the truth and pray that God gives you confidence in his word rightly handled. Okay, you see that? So we're not going to go, oh, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks or believes. No, but if you're genuinely struggling, we want to struggle with you and point you to the truth and pray that God gives you confidence in his word. It's about God and his word. It's not about us. Now, it's different than the person who's actively undermining the word of God and they're looking to sow seeds of doubt and confusion in the church, where they're going to person after person to try to make their point and rally a, a group of you know, co-belligerents with them and say, I've got a team now that disagrees with Mike or the elders. You know, so if I- So you don't want to do that. You don't want to actively undermine the word or the teaching and look to sow seeds of doubt and confusion. But if you're struggling with a certain doctrine, let me repeat, you're not necessarily swerving some doctrines are difficult to grasp. Second Peter, in chapter 3, it talks about how there are some things in Paul's writings that are hard to understand. And he says, as the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. So the idea is that some people twist the scriptures. And, and, and there are things hard to understand. So with the thing difficult to gris- grasp, you don't want to twist what it means. Now, a lot of people struggle with wrapping their minds around some things that are clearly taught in Scripture, like predestination and election. So you have an opportunity here, and this is what I would say as, as I really bring this to a close. You have opportunity to pray for a soft heart to submit to something that may not yet make sense to you makes sense to God. It makes sense to everybody else, but maybe not you. And you might find the people that it doesn't make sense with, but that's not going to help you to just huddle in that group and say, well, we're right, you know. You should not wait for something to make sense to believe it. You believe it because God says it. And when you do that, in due time, I've found this to be true so many times, God grants greater understanding of his word and his will and his ways. So I hope that helps you, that further explanation of what do you do when you struggle with a doctrine that's difficult for you to understand. And again, this is a doctrine I'm going to say that the the church from the get-go has believed. I'm not talking about false teaching or anything like that, okay? That's another topic for another day. You need to reject false teaching, but you need to hold firmly to the word rightly handled. And I hope you'll do that, and I hope you do it with us at Grace Church of Orange as we together seek to glorify God and strengthen the faith of the church and give the world what it really needs, the word of God, the gospel. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me today for the Ordinary Church Podcast. Uh, We pray for you regularly. Uh, We hope that this finds you well, and uh, we'll see you soon. and see See you next time on the podcast. God bless you.